Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We are brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. A reminder, we are streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review our show. I'm your host, William Liu. Join my producer and co-host, Alex Wong, back for season two of the show. Where's your excitement level at, Alex? Oh, man, my excitement level is uh, 11 out of 10. Wow. Um, okay. You know, we've, we've, been, we've been, you know, chatting about the Raptors season. I know you know how excited I am to, to be here with you. <laughs> Did that, sound, so did that sound genuine? <laughs> did that sound genuine? Um, a no, little man. bit. Uh, this is my happy place, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Season two. Yeah. I hope you're excited. I know you had a lot of time off in the summer. Arguably too much time off. Yeah, I don't know, know why. If just, anyone's ever complained about too much time off, this yeah, is Yeah, he be just it, disappeared but. during the preseason. You know, I'm not sure, you know, that was a great call. But, you know, what do you we'll, mean? we'll talk about that at the year-end review. Okay, well, you held it down first off. If you haven't seen all the, the season preview content... Make sure you go look that up because Alex was working hard. Four pods in one week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, record. Yeah, actually, Guinness Book of Records. Number one show, Hernan Gomez. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He he, he tried to call me one show, Hernan Gomez. Are you? And, are you, and then Will realized yesterday how much I do for him uh, behind the scenes and for his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah including right. the OVO hoodie that you're yeah, wearing right, right now. That's right. You know, yeah, so. a little plug. Um, Just a plug. We're back. Raptor show. Mm-hmm. What's up? What are we talking about today? Okay, look. Obviously, we have we've already teased it on social. Um, we have an exclusive interview with head coach Nick Nurse to mm. kick off the season. We did it. Uh, seriously, we finally we did, did it. it. I don't know how all season one we didn't have it, but <laughs> season two, we're going to start off strong. We're going to give you an interview with Nick. But um, just before that, though, I think we probably should do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, this is season two of the show, and I just kind of want to lay out at the start of it like what we can kind of expect from this season, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, what are we going to deliver, Alex? You're the producer. Yeah, you know? so last year was the trailer, um, and this year is also the trailer. Oh, okay, uh, I was going to say, don't use that quote. No, no, that no, mean, no, 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 The Blue Jays uh, didn't work out so well. You know, I, thinking, I didn't like that movie. Yeah, I was thinking about using it. So no, the playoffs are Rush Hour 3 for me. Oh, my God. Uh, this year is still the trailer. Uh, so I, I think, honestly, like more of the same, uh, but, but I think we are going to try to do... Um, you know, more different things, different interviews, have different guests on. Um, and, and I think, you know, during the season, you know, the plan is and shouts to the Raptors PR team, you know, Jennifer Quinn, Josh Sue, Phil Summers, Justine Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a year where I fall in line. Um, uh, and you're, just... you're in the line, man. You're in the line, bro. <laughs> shouts, shouts to everybody, uh-huh. um, you know, in the Raptors org. But like, we, we want to try to get, you know, interviews uh, for you. Uh, you know, they were so kind to set up the Nick Nurse interview at practice yesterday. Yep. Going to try to get interviews with you with, with, with honestly, like every single player on the roster this season. If, if we can kind of organize yeah. that. Obviously, they have their own schedules and different requests. But uh, I think people like listening to you talk to the players, you know, ask them, you know, fate of the universe. Uh, I, I, the I, I ran out of time. Here. I ran out of time with this one. Nick, uh, on this one who would take the last shot? Nick type. would have been like me. Yeah, and, and shout out and shout all the podcast listeners too. I know they were following along during the off season, mm-hmm. where you know we filled a lot of lot of time doing uh, you know the banter pods, um, you know, mixing just you know basketball with with other things. So so we're gonna try to do that as a podcast only exclusive, uh, you know, once a month this season. And bring in some guests as well. Uh, yeah. What do you, what do you want from this season, man? Well, okay. Well, first off, I think that is a great goal um, to interview every single player. Some of them make me a little bit nervous, right? Some of them we're gonna do for sure. Like you know, yeah. the Fred interview is gonna be great. Yeah, the two minute interview with OG and Obi. That's the one. Two minute warning uh, yeah. with OG. I think yeah. the last time I interviewed OG, it was a five minute interview, and I asked him thirty five, maybe forty <laughs> questions. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So I think I'm gonna have to like our usual interview is fifteen minutes. That's like the standard allotment. So yeah. uh, that's like over a hundred questions. 
questions. Yeah. No, that that interview, It'd be like the Vogue interviews, you know, the ones where they follow you through your house. You know Vogue? Yeah. I, I watch YouTube. Oh, okay. Or you can also watch the you show. You still subscribe to magazines? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, just checking. Do you? Uh, yeah, because they're like two cents per uh, like issue now. Oh, okay. Not like the old days. Yeah. Anyways, back to <laughs> basketball. Right. Uh, yeah, so the OG... This ain't the banter the, Oh, oh sorry, 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 TV sorry, now, sorry. Bosses are listening. Got a buzzer from Ryan Fabro. Um... Yeah, the OG interview will definitely just be a trailer. Um, it'll be two minutes. No, but I think, like, you think about the end of bench guys, and I'm sure we'll get to it today and then, you know, during this week as well. There's just a lot of interesting guys. Like, yeah. you know, we haven't had Precious on the show. No. Um, you know, obviously, Juancho Hernan Gomez, new addition to the team. Yep. And, you know, Otto Porter, I know you, you talked to briefly after about he signed. Cars. About cars. Yeah, yeah. A-U-T-O Porter. <laughs> Coming from the guy who told me today he's buying a scooter, uh, Scoot Henderson over here. Yeah, so you'll catch him scooting. <laughs> Uh, you know, to the Rogers building this season. Uh, that is him. If you see an Asian man with a big head, mm. happy Asian Heritage Month. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it'll be good. I, I think I think the interviews bring out the personality of the players. And I think yeah. a lot of the fans want to hear that too, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the goal is just like expanding on what we did last season. I mm-hmm. think like it was a really strong start. Um, I think we got a lot of positive reception, which is really highly appreciated. Um, I know that, uh, you know, that's always going to be there. But I think the goal right now is sort of like, because we have so much access, because we're in such a prime position, obviously, you know, the I'm, I'm not even trying to cast it up. Just the, the the support network from Sportsnet is very, very strong. It gets mm-hmm. you into a lot of places, right? And so we're trying to get you as much exclusive inside stuff as possible. And also just keeping the tone of the show. I don't think that's going to change. I think the first six minutes here have uh, really illustrated how much that's not going to change. But... Yeah, you want to tell that rat and the ox? No, we'll save that for Friday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's All tell right. the rat, rat and the ox story on Friday. Yeah. Big preview coming up on Friday. Yeah. No, but also you forgot to mention, like, if anybody wants to follow the show along more closely this season, mm-hmm. we have a dedicated Twitter account now at the Raptor Show. Yeah. So, so for people right now listening on radio, watching on YouTube, Sportsnet 360, like, we'll be posting a lot of obviously the links and the clips there as well. So, if you want to follow along there, make sure you follow the Raptor Show. Yeah, and that's also run by you, um, and not me actually. I've only posted like two tweets on here. Yeah, and both of them are bricks. Well, because you posted a hello and welcome for no reason. Yeah. And then I posted that you, and then you, you turned 40. It. Happy birthday, you turned yeah, 40. By the, yeah, by the way, I had a few people, um, you know, congratulate me on my 40th, including our boss, Dan Toman. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, welcome to the 40 club. <laughs> the only club I'm trying to hit is 40-40. But like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 38. Yeah. Uh, this is like the worst clarification ever. It's <laughs> okay. not even a good clarification. You know what I mean? Congrats on that. There's really no difference. Yeah. Just round up. All right. Well, I mean, other than yeah. that, um, we did have a lot of time off. I think our last show was just after the start of free agency, like about a weekend maybe. Yes. Um, and so that's a long time. That was like, you know, first week of July, right? Free agency. So, um, you know, we did a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, just let, let the listeners know who may have tuned off and things like that. Like, what would you do this summer? Where you been at? You know, that's a long time. Oh, right. Uh, you know, I went to Cancun and got the novel coronavirus. Um, <laughs> okay. And then while I was stuck at home for a week, uh, I bought a, a, a Lego set, a Van Gogh Starry Night Lego set that, oh. I, that I said I was going to sit down and build. Yeah. Did but you build it? No, it's still sitting in my room right okay. now. Okay. So. I was going to come over to your house and throw some yeah. tomatoes. Building Legos seems like a very like therapeutic thing. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you've ever done that before. Yeah, no, as a kid, that's my favorite toy. Was yeah, Legos. so I might just re-gift that to my nephews uh, this Christmas. Oh, okay. So nice, that's nice. one off the list. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, I know. Did a little traveling, Montreal, New York. Hung out with you a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, we, yeah. we 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 recorded like 500 hours worth of pods. It's actually only three episodes of the Banter Pod. Yeah, you know, been 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 uh, working on my new book. You know, I'm gonna slide in some promos. You know, when that's ready next year. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's about it, man. How yeah. about you, man? I know, I know, you've been traveling a lot. Yeah, look, that's a lot of time off, right? You know, I was yeah. in uh, Italy. To be clear, by the way, I know you kept repeatedly saying I spent the whole trip on the Malfi Coast. Uh, the Amalfi Coast, a little basic. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, okay, a lot sorry. of tourists and, uh, oh, you know, okay. just a very, even more expensive than a lot of other places. Oh, one, so. star, one star review for the, no, for no, the I, coast. I, just, okay. I, I mean, it was fine to be there for two days, but uh, other yeah. than that, um, okay. you know. Is, I just, is Spicy was, Meatball Joseph Cacharo going to be okay here? Oh, no. This? Well, I was going to say, I, the, my only regret is I wasn't able to make it out to Reggio Calabria. Oh, uh, okay. Where, where the homeland and where Cash is from because Southern yeah. Italy is beautiful. So I had a lot of... Um, just great, you know, yeah. vacations out there. You hit up the Coliseum Hit up the Coliseum. So what's better, man? Coliseum or uh, Scotiabank Arena? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I got to go with the Scotiabank, you know? What, you, I can't believe you're even debating <laughs> I don't think set. you can play basketball in the Coliseum. Uh, you know, okay. it's an outdoor venue. It's very windy. A lot of construction going on as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, cool. good times, man. No, I'm glad, man. I don't even know why we're doing this fake catch-up. I talked to you all summer. Yeah, you're right. Um, are, are is there any more shout-outs before we get to our Nick Nurse? Uh, you know, just shout-outs to, to Johnson from CCYA, you know, long-time listener. It's his birthday today. So okay, this this episode is your gift. I see you uh, on the Johnson. notes that you sh we should be shouting out Derek and Jennifer. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Our, our coworkers. In, yes, in, who are literally notes, here with us. In our notes, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back to to Derek and, and Jennifer. You know, I I know I know you you know listeners might hear us reference them a lot. Obviously, you don't see them on the show with us, but they do so much heavy lifting behind the scenes, uh, literally behind these walls that we're staring at. So we we do really appreciate them, and we're very excited to be back, even though. Derek you gotta do better, fam. Derek apparently <laughs> accused me of just like not messaging him during the summer, but Man. like the last text was from me, so I actually think he's in the wrong on this. If the last text is from me, then that means it was on him to reply. I don't know. Me and Derek be talking all the time, you know, soccer. Yeah, because you, you know, guys like soccer. I heard Liverpool's in the middle of the table, like my laptop right now. So. All right. Well, look, this, I yes. think this is good. We took the 10 minutes. We caught up on the season. We caught up on what we're going to deliver this season on the show. And you know what? Let's start strong with uh, our, our interview with Nick Nurse. Uh, this took place on Sunday afternoon. The two of us went down to practice. Not a lot of reporters are on practice, I got to say. That might be well, one of the you, least attended practices. It was a Sunday. There was a marathon. Uh -huh. And also it was a what, Sunday. Were they running in the marathon no, or something? But, but also there's two more practice days. Uh, like oh, okay. today, All tomorrow, right. and obviously probably well, a shoot around on look, Wednesday, which uh, which you won't be at. Should, uh, should I call you out every day? Well, I was going to say, uh, yeah. there were only eight reporters there, maybe. And uh, the two of us were there as part of that eight. And, you know, we were able to sit down with Nick Nurse. <laughs> so here's that interview. Okay, we're here with Raptors head coach Nick Nurse. Uh, Nick you know, first off, uh, how's preseason been? How's offseason been? It seems like, um, you know, your players have been very busy. Um, I was speaking to Kem and Chris, and they kind of described it as this is like the third training camp. So uh, how's it been so far? Yeah, I mean, I think from, um, you know, my standpoint, good learning summer. I always take a lot away from the Canadian national team experience from a coaching perspective and, and growing, um, learning my craft better and things like that. So um, even though it is time-consuming, I really find it super valuable mm -hmm. um, for me and the staff. We've got four other members of the staff that are involved as well. So that, A, gives that some nice continuity, gives them learning and growth opportunities too. Um, and, yeah, from as far as the, the Chris and Kim and those guys and everybody else, it was a hard-working summer, right. probably as hard a working one as we've had. Um, I liked a lot of um, – just the commitment, the um, 
Well, I would just think I just think that the level of uh, intensity and and stuff that everybody was putting into the off season was was on a special level, mm-hmm. right? I just mm-hmm. it just stood out to me a lot more this summer uh, for whatever reason. So it's good. I think it's you know that's the way to do it, man. If you're going to work, work hard and do it at game speed and and stay consistent with it. And I think the guys had a pretty good summer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Uh... Even look at something like the Rico Hines runs, which obviously are public available and you can watch them on YouTube and stuff like that. Like the players are telling me that even before those runs, there was a practice before that, you know. So I think preparation for this team is has been, you know, uh, as you mentioned, as strong as possible. Uh, one thing actually I was looking at in the offseason. So you took a trip to Hungary, right? And um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, a lot of the, the training sessions that you did with the aspiring coaches in Hungary, uh, were actually posted on YouTube, and I thought those were really interesting uh, interviews and, and even just training sessions that you sort of put those aspiring coaches through. And one thing I thought that was super interesting, and I would love for you to retell this story, is you were telling me, um, the coaches there about something called the ZMT defense. So can you describe just quickly what the ZMT defense was yeah, well, and why you got it? Yeah, well, it was just kind of a made-up thing that we did. We decided we were going to uh, – we were playing the London Towers, and they had two guys, Steve Bucknell and Danny Lewis, who were like – did all the scoring and all the assisting, and I was I was maybe 27 years old at the time, and I knew we had to go through them to to win mm-hmm. in that league, and we we decided to do was uh, just try to take those two guys totally out of the game. We had two guys guard them man to man for about three minutes, and subbed in two new fresh bodies uh-huh. to guard them 94 feet. We were in kind of a triangle and two. Um, but the top of the guy was also the trapper, which is where the T came from. Right. So we had two guys in man, two guys in zone, and one guy was a trapper. So I think I think that was kind of a joke. They were calling it zone or man or trapper. My team was, so we, we didn't think that sounded too smooth. So, so we cut it down to ZMT. So yeah. that's where that came from, yeah. No, it's really cool because when I heard you tell the story, I was like, this makes perfect sense. Like that you were this person who's going to come up with a ZMT defense to – beat a team in London is going to be eventually one person that's going to play a box and one in the finals, right? And that's sort of been your calling card as a coach is sort of that creativity that you've shown uh, on the defensive end. And my curiosity is just like, how do you get the players to buy into that? Especially, you know, at the NBA level, you probably have less of that happening. And I remember even one time pregame where I asked you like, hey, your team's getting zoned a lot. You're usually the team doing the zoning. You know, why is that? And you kind of, I think your answer was sort of like, who do you think started all the zone stuff, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, just how hard is it to get players to buy into some of those sort of more radical concepts defensively? Well, um, I mean, it's a bit of a process, right? I mean, I think that first of all, we um, ask them to be open-minded at the start of the season, right? It's always something we touch on in our preseason meetings with the team, Um I'm not sure the the first time we did it, they understood what that meant, right? But I think then you start getting in there, and and we had, we had a couple things, you know, pretty fortunate go our way, and you know, I think I think one of the first games we were down 17 in Memphis when we went to the zone early in my my first year, and I think we ended up winning by about 17 in the end. It like totally turned the game around, so that they, you know, all of a sudden you 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 tell you know you do something, you know, that was kind of not planned or unexpected or whatever you have some success with it, that helps the buy-in part of it, right? Um, you know, and even the boxing one thing, I like, I just, I never thought about it or discussed it or worked, thought about using it. It just came, it came, you know, right at the moment. And 
I went to Kyle and said, here's what, here's what I'm thinking about doing. And he goes, you know, enjoy. I said, Freddie's going to guard him and you're going to go here and this and that. And Kyle said, looks awesome. And he went in the huddle and sold it to the rest of the guys. So just not like anything with, with probably any industry or any, any field, right? There's an idea and then you gotta, you gotta work your way through how it's going to, you know, get, uh, to the floor for us or, or on the, you know, on the board, whatever. And, um, then the guy's got to go execute it. So, and, you know, and I always tell them, too, we're going to do some stuff. I don't even know what stuff we're going to do this year. Like, I, I don't know every year it changes. It comes from, you know, the flow of the offense changes. The things we're doing on defense changes. But it'll probably be something new and, and different and probably out there a little bit. But we'll, we'll do it, and we'll, we're, not, we're not just doing it to do it. Like, if it doesn't work, we crumple it up and throw mm -hmm. it in the garbage can as quick as we can and move on to something else. Right. No, that makes sense. And I think – that flexibility is sort of like why a lot of fans and even people around the league really appreciate it, right? I was looking at the the GM survey that they do every year, and you know you were voted among the highest in terms of just like best coaches in the league, best in-game adjustments, both offensively, especially defensively. Though I think that's where I think opposing GMs are like this. Nick guy is very clever in terms of how they sort of play against our teams. Yeah, I and, really like coaching defense. I've, I've yeah. like I think every year that goes by. I mean, I was kind of known there for a while as this offensive guy, right? I was. I, think I was gonna say I, I really like defense. And, and it, each year, again, gets I, I get more intrigued with studying how to stop people, I think, than I do with, you know, tricky plays, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I was, you know, in your book, you sort of detailed that, like, you know, way, way back, back when, when Brian Colangelo made the call and sort of, you know, brought you into the staff that was already here. And the idea was sort of like, you know, you, you, you show them the offensive shot spectrum. And back then, sort of like, you know, that was still coming into the league of like threes are good, layups are good, corner threes are good, free throws are good, middle, you know, mid range less good, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I think that was sort of the reputation for a long time. But as we have seen since you become a head coach, like the Raptors are consistently great defensively, like top five. Even last season, I think maybe at the end of the year, you guys finished top 10, but basically from January 1st onward, everyone got healthy ish you know yeah. and you guys yeah. were top five yeah. the rest of the way so you know I was thinking about in terms of the way you structure the team's defense one thing I always hear about in your interviews is sort of the emphasis put on ball pressure and also um, even just the extra defensive attention that you guys will send towards um, opposing star players correct me if I'm wrong obviously you know way more mm -hmm. about basketball but it feels like your team in particular is very willing to pressure the ball, double the ball, make other guys beat you, that kind of philosophy. And I think my question is that, like, why specifically do you design this team to be so aggressive on defense? Is there something special that you like from the roster? Uh, or is that just sort of the only way you can really stop some of the best players in the league nowadays? No, I mean, I think that um, it's just what I believe in, right? Okay. I just, I just believe that the ball needs to be pressured. If the ball's not pressured, then a lot of bad things can happen to you, mm -hmm. right? And pressuring the ball can um, not only let a lot of good things happen for your defense, but it can cover up a lot of other bad stuff that's happening behind it. Right, right. Right. So right. so there's like, you know, there's there's a lot to be gained from ball pressure. It's not easy to do. It's hard work. There's you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. It certainly promotes a few other things when you're you know, you're you're stretched out on the floor a little more sometimes. Um gotta really keep working on our technique and our you know, our keeping people in front from a from a technique and fundamental standpoint and you know, that usually grows throughout the mm -hmm. year. Like like right now, I would tell you, I don't like our technique 
keeping the ball in front. And okay. I know that'll, yeah. you know, I know that grows and that'll, that'll get can continue to get better and stuff like that. So it, it doesn't mean, you, you know, like, like we're going to say, Oh, well, let's back up and just give them a cushion and try to right. do it, keep them in front and all this. So we, we don't, we refuse to do that. Like, mm-hmm. like we, we just keep trying to teach the technique better. Well, I mean, how much of that is also in terms of playing defense to also spark your offense, right? Because yeah, one, sure. one thing you notice is just like, you guys are always top three at minimum in terms of transition points, deflections yep. and, you know, it's it's something that happens a lot. I don't know how much you follow soccer at all, but it's like pressing in soccer is such a big thing, not only defensively to win the ball back, but to win the ball high up the field mm-hmm. so you have a great scoring chance. Is this is that sort of like some of the inspiration here in terms of the way you guys play? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, I think that, um, um, A, if we're going to ask them to play this much defense, it's got to translate into some offense. Like there's right. gotta be some reward, like immediate like yeah. and in in waves at times and momentum changing rewards uh at times as well. Um again, I think it just you know, it really goes back to we believe in it. We think it's the only real competitive way to play, right? Like like aggressive, like like we're coming at you and and you know, that's just what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I'm glad it translates. It needs to translate into more transition offense, right? Always more and higher rates yeah. of finish and things like that. Yep. Well, look, on the offensive side of the ball, I think if there's any critiques at all about your coaching that I see, yeah. right? Um, it's also just like, you know, the half court scoring, right? Last season, yeah. even though the team was very successful, half court scoring wasn't necessarily the strength of the team. I'm not going to ask you specific ways in terms of how to improve the offense, but I think one thing that maybe is even hard for you to necessarily do is just the, the shooting on the team, right? You have a lot of new guys who are, let's say their 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 skills are not necessarily number one in terms of shooting, right? Um, and my question then that is just like, is that sort of a philosophy that the team has that you guys believe you guys, that shooting is fundamentally a developable skill? <laughs> Well, I think it is. I mean, it's not. I mean, you easy. literally wrote a book. About yeah, no, it. it's not, it's not easy, right? It's a process that that you know takes a lot of people, a lot of belief, a lot of time. You know, some time. You know, it isn't like you can, you can you know say you know, oh, here's a guy, and uh, I'll have him, I'll have him shooting threes at forty percent by next week. Just get come, get back to me, right? I mean, it's like yeah. it, it's a, it's a, we think we can do it. We think we, you know, you have to do it, like just for their skill development and their own development like you know always being a better shooter is going to keep you on the floor keep you in the league or whatever um so that that's one part of it and yeah i mean listen our roster isn't necessarily um loaded with a whole bunch of guys that are just you know like dead eye shooters or mm-hmm. marksmen from three that's what they do they're they're probably lean the other way that they're long athletic and play hard and it's up to us to try to figure it out from there well, I mean, I want to ask your specific role in that, right? Because, um, you know, I remember one time, even last season, um, I was here sort of waiting along with the reporters, and uh, I think it was Isaac Bongo who was working on his form shooting, yeah. and you came over and you gave him one of your Nick Nurse pills, right? The, the balls that you sort of designed to sort of teach people how to shoot. Is So what is your specific role in sort of teaching the players and sort of upgrading their shooting technique? Yeah, I mean, listen, I I uh, almost always grab uh, a new guy uh, right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I usually just let them come in and do their thing and keep an eye, you know, watch them. And then when I see that there's a change to be made, then I grab them and do it. Right. And, and then usually I'll do it again with one of the player development coaches, so they know what 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 we're teaching. And, and then we, you know, we pass that all the way through our reports and all the way through the staff and things like that. Um, and then it just becomes a huge process of of um i mean it's it's 
you know, it's kind of laid out what we do next, you know, where the steps go and all that kind of stuff. And not only is the technique important, but building the, the mental side and the confidence also plays a huge role in that. Right, and, right. and um, that's it. I mean, listen, we, we've all worked together to design the plan. I get out there when I, when I see something that needs to be changed. Right, right. The only reason I ask is, again, like I mentioned, you literally yep. wrote a book on this. I actually yep. purchased that book and yep. actually started working on it. Genuinely, I can say uh, there were real tangible improvements. I don't think I can shoot threes yet, but free throws and mid-range and stuff like that, it really did help. And I think my question to you is just like, like, uh, what's the biggest success story that you've sort of seen out of that in terms of from your own development, in terms of the shooting and everything like that on the team or maybe not necessarily uh, on the team, but... Yeah, you know. I mean, I, that's a tough one. There, I think there's a whole bunch of them, yeah. right? Like, um, I, I'd probably say Pascal, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Pascal was like, I don't know, I think he made three threes in college, something yeah. like three for 18 or three for 12 or something like that, right? And and now he's a, you know, he, he can shoot him out there. He's a threat. Um, he go, You know, he goes through some streaks and things like that. But he, he was literally like day after the season ended, we said, Chain, we're going to completely redo this thing. He redid it, and he just went to work on it. Like, mm-hmm. he just literally, like, understood, went to work, and, and um, you know, went from, I think you would say, a total non-shooter to a pretty good shooter. And, you know, that isn't yeah. easy to do, right? So that's a good one. I mean, Norman Powell shot 25% in college. He's shooting, like, 40 in the league now. You know, yeah. like Freddie's numbers are way up. I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of them, I think, you know, that made some kind of improvement, yeah. All right, well. Listen, they're literally giving us the, the wrap-up signal. Yeah, so, okay. Nick, I, honestly, I would love to talk just hoops with you for hours, if you would ever yeah. allow. But uh, I want to thank you for your time. I want to say best of luck on the season. You know, Thanks and, a lot. Um, yeah, thank you for your time yep, again. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, that was our interview with uh, head coach Nick Nurse at practice on Sunday. Well attended practice, once again, I have to say. Um, Alex, yeah, any, any takeaways after hearing that for the first time? Yeah, you know, you love basketball, and so does Nick, and I think that's great. No, I think there's a lot of great insight in there, and like you mentioned, you know, obviously I know, um, you know, you, you talked about at the end how you could have talked for hours about about it, but it's true. Like, you've you've referenced this book. Yeah. I, know you, I know we joke about you referencing his book, his mm-hmm. shooting book, several times, you know, during this interview. Yeah, go to he, nicknursefoundation.org slash shop. Yeah, and I know you talked about it in the offseason, I think, you know, when you had an offseason pod with, with David Thorpe and, and just talking about the different techniques. And, you need to let the coach like coach the team. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's what Nick nah, should have told you. Derek Brandejo. Brandejo. Yeah, that's what they're calling him in the YouTube. Um, but, <laughs> they but, moved yeah. you to the other side of the Iberian. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I think, I, I think there was some good insight in there, you know, learning about – I think it was interesting him talking about how he came in with a reputation as, uh, you know uh, – an a coach that was more, you know, um, his strengths were more on the offensive end, right? Yeah. And he he just personally, I don't I don't think even you asked him that. He just personally said, you know, like I've just grown to kind of love, you know, designing defenses to yeah. like stop people and stuff. And I think that tracks in terms of what we've seen, um, you know, what the Raptors have tried to do, you know, in the Nick Nurse era, like all the different defensive schemes that they have for like star players on opposing teams. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, to the point where it does become a criticism, and I, the, the reason I asked him the, the question about the mid-range shooting or the uh, the, the, the offensive uh, efficiency too is just like he doesn't have a lot of shooting on the team, so it's like it's hard sometimes to sort of like always put that on him, right? But at the same time, if the Raptors are going to improve this season, and on the side of the break, we will talk about sort of uh, quickly in terms of uh, expectations for this season. Obviously, home opener is on Wednesday. Um, 
But yeah, if the Raptors are going to take the next step, they're going to need to improve offensively because defensively they're already quite strong, partially because of the way they built the roster, but also partially because the way Nick sort of deploys his, his defense. And I think that's the part about defense is, that was really interesting to me. Just thinking back on it, it's like, I think he wants the team to be aggressive, but I think at times last season I thought, are the Raptors almost intentionally being so aggressive that because they want to funnel drivers into the middle of the floor where they can show them a crowd and make them uh, make mistakes under pressure. Um, and he was sort of like, look, we also just got to teach them better technique in terms of limiting penetration. Because I think that's the part where he wants them to be aggressive, but he also doesn't want to give up as much dribble penetration as the team kind of did last season. And if there was a weakness in the defense last year, I would say, number one, obviously they really struggled against like the, not really struggled, but against Joel Embiid, right? It's hard to come back out of that Sixers series and not say, damn, the Raptors don't have a guy who can match up with Joel, right? And they still don't, by the way. Um, I think the other thing that happened more on a nightly basis is just sort of containing dribble penetration. And it, it, the less that they can do that, um, the more they will commit fouls, the more they will give up offensive rebounds. And so that's where they need to clean up. And whether that's teaching better technique, whether that's sort of getting players more reps, they got to be, get better on the defensive end, which is already their strength, but that's got to be their calling card. Like, I, I need to see teams, like, you know, score on, on under 100 points against the Raptors like on a consistent basis, which is very hard to do nowadays in the NBA. But, uh, you know, I think they have the personnel for it. And, and sort of as he mentioned, like, the way they build a team is they look for the other attributes and then they will try to teach them the shooting. Obviously, they prefer if you can shoot. That's a great asset, especially in the modern NBA. But... Um, you know, that's that's the approach they're building towards. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's always cool to have a conversation with the coach and, and sell his book five, five times. Yeah, yeah. I wish we would do that for a cover story and stores now. Oh, okay, but, like, yeah. no, I, I think... Well, I, well cover stories is 200, 200 words. I well, want to finish reading it. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll go to break. No, kidding, we'll, we'll, we'll go to break real soon. But, like, um, you know, I think the one, the one interesting thing from the interview, too, is you asking him, like, you know, do you dial up the aggression on defense because of the roster? Or is it just because something that you believe in, right? Like, mm-hmm, I think that's yeah. so interesting to look at it through that lens in terms of like, is Nick designing these schemes and thinking about these things because he believes in the schemes or is it because he's looking at like what is available to him on the roster, right? And yeah, obviously yeah. the answer is somewhere in the middle, like a little sure, bit of both. Yeah. But no, it's super interesting. And you and you talked about like all of them having like, you know, maybe not the best shooting team in, in the league. And I think that's clear. Like, yeah, like at the end of the day for someone like Nick, like, you know, I know during the offseason I was joking about I want to come in and be like a Nick Nurse hater this year, just like out of boredom. Mm. <laughs> but like, he's got to give me a reason too because every time I think about Nick, I'm like, when you gave him a really top tier roster, look at the results, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, look at the results. And I think the roster on this Raptors team is, is you know, it's obviously not at that championship level right now, but like hopefully it'll get there and it'll be super interesting to see once these players develop what Nick can do with with an improved roster mm-hmm. um and lastly before we go to break so nick's got a, a foundation nick nurse foundation event tonight at uh history lots of great music guests uh and all the proceeds from from tonight is going to benefit the nick nurse foundation music lab which uh aims to bring access to music to undeserved undeserved schools and, and communities empowering youth to be change makers i know we've got some work stuff to take care of but we're going to try to try to make the event tonight because uh we're excited about the guest list, you know, new power generation, CK, Francesco Yates, and um, my guy, Neil. Your guy. Like, literally, <laughs> I've heard you sing Miss Independent at karaoke. Yes. And it was wonderful. And, and probably just in general. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so shouts, shouts to Neil, man. You got, you got, a, you got a top five Neil tracks? Yeah, it's uh, literally in the rundown. Uh, in no particular order, you know, Closer, Miss Independent, Because of You, So Sick, and uh, Slept On, uh, Back Like That. That's a Ghostface Killers track with, uh, mm. with Neil, so... 
Nice. Very excited about this. Yeah, no, I'm Lots of, too, uh, you know, we can are, have. Are a... you going to be wearing a fedora to the event? No, <laughs> it is a neo show. So no, no. As, as someone in the neo, as someone in the YouTube mentioned, like I just look like a vintage store mannequin all the time. So like no, I'm going to slip on a blazer <laughs> to show some respect to show some respect to the Nick Nurse Foundation. Yeah, so well, there you go. No, yeah. seriously, it's going to be a great event, and uh, yeah. Thank you once again to Raptors PR for the interview. And, uh, you know, we are going to take a break right here. I'm your host, Will Lu. That's Alex Wong. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, William Liu. Continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. So uh, what I want to do with the remainder of our first episode is just um, catch up on what the Raptors were doing. Because, like, you know, we, we made it about ourselves in the first segment. And, uh, you know, I think that's a common theme of the show. Get used to it. But, uh, you know, this is literally the Raptor Show. And so kind of want to catch up people on, you know, just what happened since the last time we were on air, which was... Uh, Basically, the time of the draft. Yeah. So, what's happened? <laughs> okay. All right. Alex, <laughs> Catch me up. Uh. All right. So, first, the draft. The Raptors take Christian Coloco, 33rd overall. Yes. Um, the Raptors had traded down, actually, from the 20th pick. Uh, it, it's part of the Thad Young deal. Yeah. Um, Christian Coloco, seven foot one, fluid athlete, uh, strong defensive attributes, probably needs to put on some strength and refine his offensive game. Alex, I'm going to need a quick scouting report from all the summer league and Rico Hines and preseason action that you've been diligently watching. Oh, I wish you told me this beforehand. Um, no, I think I think Christian Coloco looks a lot more polished than maybe you expect from like certain second rounders. Like even just looking at him in preseason uh, in some of the action that he's got, like you can see a lot of the skill there. And like you mentioned, there is, uh, you know, I, th- I think there's going to be a long like development curve for him. And I think we would expect him to spend a lot of time with the 905. Is that correct? Yeah, well, Nick was uh, was telling Savannah. Um, yes, new Raptors sideline reporter. Yeah, Savannah. Sportsnet. But most importantly, friend of the program. Friend of the program. Happy uh, birthday. Happy birthday as well. 27. You know, you remember 27. <laughs> yeah, a regular age. <laughs> you remember yeah. 27. A regular age, yeah. Uh, me too, actually. Yeah. Uh, great time. But, um, yeah, I mean, Nick kind of explained it as you can either get like 10 minutes with the Raptors, which realistically for a rookie, like that's kind of how you would mm-hmm. sort of expect it to be used. Or you can get that opportunity to go down to 905 at times, right? Because the thing is, like, the 905 season doesn't perfectly overlap with the whole regular season, right? There'll be times where you're just on the regular season before the 905 starts and then when they start. And then, of course, you can go down and you choose to take your, take your pick in terms of when you want to go down and things like that. But uh, for the most part, like, when he goes down there, he'll be playing, like, 35 minutes. So he'll be closing games. He'll be in there. And, and I think even small things like knowing how to play and not be in foul trouble, right? Because one of the big things is, like, if you're going to play a lot of minutes – you can't be in foul trouble all the time. That's one of the actual main themes that you saw with Coloco a lot was, yes, he did have a big defensive impact. Yes, I think he actually made a lot of great reads defensively, but whether it was because um, he was trying to make every single play or whether it was because he was a little skinny and couldn't hold his position sometimes, like he was giving up fouls. 
And so part of coming down to nine to five, even beyond sort of the other skill work, is just like, can you just stay out of foul trouble? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like play so, a whole game. So I'll, I'll I'll flip this back on you. You know, this is another common theme on Raptor Show when we talk about ball. Oh, this um, is a Draymond give and go right here. <laughs> yeah, this is a Draymond Jordan pool situation coming soon this season. Um, ball. You know, I think I think in terms of in terms of like expectations, because I I think Raptors fans get really excited. Um, about about a lot of their players as they should. Like like what what expectations are you setting for Christian Coloco if you're looking like say like his first two three years of development? Like what kind of player do you want him to like become? Yeah, I mean it's I think it's really easy right now to sort of envision his role just because you can see like okay so defensively he really knows his role even offensively I think he knows his role right but I, I think especially defensively you can kind of understand what you can do with him. I think the obvious answer is with these, like, uh, really athletic shot-blocking kind of bigs. You want to probably play a little bit of drop coverage, sort of maybe funnel some of the drivers towards them, and then obviously you give them an opportunity to make the contest. The thing with me is, like, Raptors don't play a lot of drop coverage. You know, like, they they, they don't do that. We yeah, literally that. just did the interview with Nick where he talked about the ball pressure and, and, and putting two on the ball and all the that's time right. and stuff like that. And I heard that. That's yeah. the nice thing about Christian is he has that fluidity and that athleticism to maybe – be more than your your average sort of like seven-footer who blocks shots at the basket, but kind of hangs back, you know? Like, he can also maybe switch out late on a possession, five, six seconds on a shot clock. Yeah, he gets on an island with a guard, but can he move his feet a little bit? I think he can. Okay. You know, I think that's the sort of, like, uh, potential that you got to have to explore there as a coaching staff. But I think, first off, he's got to show some of the more basic things. Like, can you hit free throws consistently? Can you make layups consistently? Can you stay out of foul trouble? Can we rely on you to, you know, if we play you 10 minutes off the bench, what can you do in those 10 minutes? Are you going to compromise the game? Are you going to actually make plays? These kind of baby steps, obviously, with the with the, with the the rookie. Well, by the way, if you want to know more about Christian Coloco, you can check out uh, our exclusive interview with him right after the time of the draft. Or yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Uh, subscribe to, subscribe to the Raptor Show wherever you get your podcast and just do a search on Christian Coloco's name. Yeah. Or do a search on any of these players' names. Honestly, like we mentioned, like the Otto Porter interviews and yeah. any of that. I know that was towards like the end of the season. Uh, next up, I'm taking over the Draymond reigns. You oh, know, okay. yeah. the, the Raptors re-signed both of their key free agents. You know, Chris Boucher, three-year, $36 million deal. Yep. Chris Boucher. Our boy William. Uh, our new best friend now, you know, dapped us up yesterday. At Genuinely. Practice. Told you me my she... pants were swaggy. I was so insecure. I was like, are you being sarcastic? Yeah, yeah you were wearing a bright blue pants. Uh, corduroy. Yeah, yeah, corduroy, uh, yeah. you know, vintage polo. Once again, vintage uh, mannequin in the building. Yeah, you're uh, taking this personally, I know. Chelsea and vintage, we trust. Um, we were there yesterday, almost. Almost, in Parkdale. Uh, Thad Young back on a two-year, $14 million deal. And I'll lump, you know, we also si- they also signed, um, you know, Otto Porter, yeah. you know, obviously, as we discussed. Um, no surprises there, I guess. Uh, I think the expectation was that uh, Chris and Thad were going to come back. There's a little maybe concern that like, well, okay. Chris is one of the, you know, best, like he kept coming up as like the, un, you know, under the radar free mm. agents that teams can sort of go after. So there was maybe a little hesitation in terms of whether he'll come back or not. But uh, to be honest, I think he was very clear he wanted to be here. He has, this is sort of where he's launched his career. Mm-hmm. He's launched his foundation, you know. Yes, the slim duck, found, uh, slim duck Foundation. Yep. Congrats to Chris on that. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think he has built something really nice here. I think he's carved out a nice role. I think what the three signings here all really do between uh, Chris, Thad, and Otto just really reinforces the Raptors bench. I think the Raptors' second unit last season was one of the big concerns. Mm-hmm. Especially, uh, well, early in the season, they had a lot of concerns. They were just trying to, like, you know, survive, I think, for the most part, not get too far under 500, um, <laughs> try to find a way to play, you know, things like that. Um but I think as the season went on, when they sort of started to catch their footing maybe late December, early January, 
a lot of that was they were just playing like seven guys in the rotation. Mm. You know, they they beat Milwaukee playing like that. They beat Miami playing like that. Um, they had some very competitive games against Phoenix. You know, so there was like some of the top teams in the league last year. They were able to get by, but they were able to do it in an unsustainable fashion by only playing seven guys. Thing is, I don't blame Nick at all because a his job is to win games, and b there were no other guys on the roster where you were like, oh, should we you know reach down for Svi? Should we reach down to Utah? Should we reach down to you know whoever was on that bench and last year? And between the injuries and stuff like that, they were just too thin. I think that's a much improved area of the team. I think Thad. Not going to give that cliche of like, well, you know, he's like a new addition because we got him at the trade deadline. But no, I love that. I love that. Man. Genuinely, when you watch that, like he brings a stability to the second unit. Yes. He's a secondary ball handler. He's able to sort of just like plug in where you need to. He brings a lot of stability to the second unit, which I think is always very important to me because the last thing I want when my bench comes in is to just give up five, six, seven points in a row and give up the momentum, give up the lead, force the starters to come back in early. That's a responsible guy. He's just going to come in and just set the tone for the team. Chris already found his role last year. That's why he got this contract, and he's going to continue on that role. And then Otto Porter is just, I mean, the only issue with him is he's injury prone. Like, literally, he's out right now. Mm. We were down at practice. He was he was getting extra shots up. By the way, the Raptors have a, a new shot um, tracking system. Yes. It's very futuristic when you go down to OVO these days. When you go in, and all you hear in the background is just 44 yeah, yeah, there's like a 46. speaker that's telling yeah. the numbers as the players are shooting. Right? Yeah, and then yeah. there's like at the very back of the gym, so there's like two full courts. At the very back wall of the gym, they have like a gigantic jumbotron yes. on the wall. And what the jumbotron is showing is the NOAA analytics um, shooting system, which, by the way, I really want to get someone to talk about that. Yeah, I'm working on it already, man. All right, so yeah, there you go. That's why you're. That's why we re-signed you too, by the way. That's a key yeah, other, other key re-signing. That's why you'll be here by yourself tomorrow. Um, okay, but yeah, uh, no, no, but seriously, like you, when you see the system, like yes. it'll literally tell you like, did you have the perfect arc? Did you have the perfect depth? Did you have the perfect yeah. release, right? That feels like a lot of information. It seems like I would never want this while I'm shooting because it's going to just say it's a brick every <laughs> single time. But uh, <laughs> The lady voice on the speaker will literally say brick. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, just stop. Like, just go home. Man. Play a different sport. Just dribble. No, ping I pong's think, right there. No, I but. think it's cool. I think obviously the you know sports in general, not just basketball, is moving in that direction, yeah. right? And the Raptors, I think, have always been very mindful of that um, of incorporating analytics. Yeah. But you didn't even mention the best part about about that screen is in the middle in giant red letters. It says win. Oh, yeah. It just well, says win. Well, I mean, yeah. to be honest, it, it really does show other things like scouting reports. But obviously, yes. when they brought the reporters in, they just put win. Yes, up, it just right? says win. Uh, do you yeah. think Masai should copyright the word win? Because I feel like it's getting to that point. <laughs> he does say it a lot. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That's the whole goal. Like, literally, the wires were tuning in other yeah. than seeing them win. But He's, he's Scotty Win, man. My whole yeah. point. Man, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> First show back. My, my whole point with that is just, yeah, Otto was getting up extra shots after practice. So I think he yes. might be a little bit closer to returning than, like, um, yeah. something more long-term. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he was just getting warm-up shots. And, like, it was saying his shot was good every single time. I mean, like, you could see it yeah. going in. Damn, you were listening at all? Oh, man. No, when I go to practice, yeah, I, I see it report everything. I, I'm, 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 no, that's know, amazing. That's well, well we talked in front of the program, uh, you know, Mr. Soju, uh, Andy Liu, about Otto Porter <laughs> as well. And and he even mentioned too last year the Warriors were managing his minutes like during the regular season, right? Yeah. So you could see a similar situation um like that this season. Um next up, oh man, we're doing this still. Uh the 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 Raptors flirted with Kevin Durant, um, but but weren't really serious. Yeah. Was was anyone around the league really that serious? I'm I'm pretty sure that neither Scotty or Pascal even got brought up. Okay. So No, I believe that. That's not that serious at yeah. that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so not not, not saying to add, our insider yeah. information, but uh, no, know, it's fine. If this is just 
Yeah, I'm convinced of just that. Just intuition. Um, but nothing to add to the Kevin Durant discussion, right? I think it's been talked talked to death. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, not, it's over! It's over, ladies and Honestly, thank God, Derek because uh, the KD stuff was really annoying. Because it, it was a hard not to talk about For like it. a month, though. Yeah. yeah it, you know, it held you down for a month. Did, how, how come you didn't, uh, when you when you resigned, how come you didn't uh, put out a press release the way KD did? Yeah, because nobody really cared. <laughs> There was zero buzz about that. I was on the rental part. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, summer uh, League? Summer League. The Raptors were uh, apparently 4-1 and one in Summer League. Mm. Um, Didn't make the finals, by the way, somehow. They had to like okay, win their last game by like you, 17 You're going to complain about the Summer League system? Yes. Just let these guys I have want, their run and go home. No, these guys wanted to play that. Just right? let these guys play five games, go to the win casino, and win there. Yeah. Wait, wait. Come on, man. You guys <laughs> made NBA salaries. Yet. Don't make them go to the casino. <laughs> <laughs> they're playing craps. No, they're playing um, at the Ennis game. Oh, man. With us. Smacks milk. Uh, three and two in preseason. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the preseason game yeah. in Montreal, by the way. Yeah. Specific, you watched it, eh? Specifically, this is why I'm specifically saying I thoroughly oh, okay. enjoyed well, the, the game in Montreal. Well, some, a, of, some of us were on the Amalfi Coast and doing react pods to Raptors Jazz in Edmonton. Yeah, you literally picked Scotiabank Arena over the Coliseum. Man. You can't play basketball in the Coliseum. What am I going to do there? I'm a Raptor reporter. Yeah, they, uh, you also have it in pictures. these notes, there were three, the, the Raptors fielded three teams in, in the Rico Hines uh, run. Yeah. Are we going to dive into Jarrett Culver wearing Raptors shorts? You know, that was a... No, we're not. A, come on, come on. That was a real... Deep, like if you if you knew about that subplot, or if you know what we're talking about, <laughs> yeah, salute, uh, salute. You're you're in too deep for Raptors. No, fans. you're top tier Raptor fan. Yeah, you're top tier if you know about yeah. Jerry. By the way, the top tier is if you know about Jake Layman wearing Raptor gear. Oh, what? Yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Who um, do you play for, Alex? <sighs> he got waived by the Boston Celtics. It's because I follow Keith Smith NBA on Twitter, so I get all my Celtics wow. news. Yeah. Damn. Remember when he got mad when the Celtics lost that, game one last that's year? Brian, he, that's Brian Eastwood. Because he skipped. Because he skipped his kids' <laughs> soccer game. Uh, anyways. Sorry. Pascal, um, you know, uh, off the court, you know, off the court, a lot of, lot of great things happening for the team too. You know, Pascal handed out laptops and helping mm -hmm. kids, you know, go through law school. You know, his uh, PS43 foundation, yep. you know, I believe that's what it's called. Yeah, he's been doing so much work and um, I think it's amazing. And I know Scotty's gotten into it as well in yep. terms of, you know, helping out locally. Uh, uh, Fred's obviously been a huge proponent of this. Um, he's got a scholarship program now. And recently Nick and OG handed out meals for Thanksgiving, which is something that Kyle used to do a lot, right? Yeah. Like, like like when he was yeah. here as well. So, uh, yeah, those are great. And you've got Bobby uh, Bobby Webster's. Uh, is this his tie dye hoodie that you want to talk about? No, I just so Bobby I just, wore a tie dye hoodie at Global Jam. Yeah, and we just became fascinated by it. Well, because yeah. Bobby's a made man. <laughs> he's he's definitely a Bobby. made man. That's... Yeah, show some Bobby. Yeah, and you're just fascinated that he would wear something that you would wear. Is that is that the I, story first of all? I don't know if I would wear that. Oh, uh, second okay. of all, but okay. no, it was just I was just surprised. You know, yeah. Bobby's so buttoned up. You know, like very, why can't very Bobby suave. dress down though? Why are you giving Bobby why a was hard he wearing time? wearing a tie? -dye why sweater? not though? <laughs> would you not be? Would you not be like, whoa, Masai's wearing a tie dye sweater? Well, we can't go within ten feet of Masai without a you know. Yeah, you're right. Without a detector going off. That's right. Did you have any other uh, favorite off-brand moments in the off-season before uh, we wrap up the show? No, no, I think those <laughs> really? are... Okay. <laughs> what other... All right. Like, I don't even... Like, what is this? This is why you let me be oh, Draymond. <laughs> what, what about Utah? What about... Uh, uh, yeah, shout out to Utah. Uh, I saw at one point in preseason, he was four of seven from three. Um, did he ever have a stretch like that here? Shout out to Takashi. In the 2020 preseason. No, shout out to Takashi rooting for, you know, the Raptors obviously opening night on Wednesday against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then they take on Utah Watanabe's Brooklyn Nets on the road on Friday. 
On the road. Damn. Okay. Tough, tough, tough schedule. Tough. Yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'm going to try to set up that ramen. But By we, the way, we, we, we got to stop talking about that. Can we here. share the ramen update? The last last time we were talking oh about Oh, my this, God. This so the ramen update. So what happened was Her Utah, sources. Yeah. So no. So Utah officially Utah officially packed up his place in Toronto and was posting about oh, it on this. social media. No, not this. Not and the last Will, second. And Will made me send uh, a DM. I don't, I don't Will made me send a DM to Utah Watanabe, one of the most popular people in Japan, and you know, a professional basketball player. He's not going to see that DM. It still has not been read. Oh, okay. What was the last update? Oh, the the last update is per sources, uh, and I do feel at liberty to share this because you know okay. he's a friend of the program now. Oh, okay. But per sources, the the, the ramen date was going to happen. It yeah. was not a date, by the way. It was just going to be like literally just getting ramen. Yeah. But uh, yeah. The, the reason it didn't happen was there was, at that time, an ongoing beef with a current member of the Raptors. And Utah wanted to be a good oh. teammate, didn't want to step into that beef. <laughs> this is your breaking I'm genuinely it. serious. This is this is per sources. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like now, now, that, uh, this is, now that this is resolved, I think, uh, you know, uh, you we know can what? actually continue this storyline. I got to put my foot down two. for a show. You know, no references to the ramen um, for the rest of this season unless you actually go with him. Okay, that's fine. Like that's uh that's you know you asked me at the top of the show what's different about this season that's what's different. <laughs> that's what's different. All right, fine, all right. Yeah. Well, no, no speed, no speed jokes for you then. How's that? Uh, yeah. People tell me to wear a new hat. I'll get on that. Is <laughs> last there... time you told last time someone on YouTube told me to wear a new hat, I ended up wearing a different hat for three months. I'm not yeah. doing that. You don't understand. Year. Alex is very sensitive. He, he's he's. I'm uh... a, I'm a very sensitive soul, but also like I'm entering this old phase in my life where I'm just you know. Just yeah. trying to coast. Yeah, fair enough. Well, it's the rat and the ox theory, which we will debut on Friday. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, you know, really quickly, <laughs> on the topic of coasting, what else do we have for the rest of the week? Yeah, so tomorrow, uh, True Hooper Tuesday, uh, Mo DeKeel and David Thorpe will join Will on the show. Uh, opening night on Wednesday, Savannah, Hamilton, Matt Devlin will join us in studio. Uh, Blake Murphy uh, is taking some time off after this week. So we moved him this week. Blake Murphy Thursday. Mm, that's uh, right, Derek. Make a new drop. Yeah, Blake Murphy Thursday. And then on Friday, uh, I'll be here as well, obviously. And uh, Jay Skeets is scheduled to join us too. And we'll have our usual Friday fun. The yeah. Rat and the Ox episode. <laughs> I can't believe I hyped that four All times. Right, that does it for us welcome today. Back. Well, welcome back. Seriously. I'm your host, Will Lou, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show. On the Sportsnet Radio Network, we are brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe, and please rate and review our show. A reminder: we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel, and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from two to three p.m. Thanks again to my producer and co-host Alex Wong, our board producer Derek Brandale, and Jennifer Olnick helping out with the YouTube stream. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>